Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I met our guest speaker about eight years ago, we calculate, and he came here, he said he was 19 years old, and uh, he was an intern with an amazing church that my parents have been connected to for decades, Pastor Pat and Jackie Murray out of Dayton. It's called Dayton Living Word, and they're doing an incredible work in Dayton, Ohio, Vandalia, and the surrounding areas. And uh, man, I, when I first met him, he was an intern, and I just saw God's hand on his life, and I just knew this guy, uh, this was before he met his beautiful wife, I knew this guy was gonna do something big for the kingdom of God. And uh, he, has, he has proven me right over the years. And I know God's just getting started, but I have the honor actually of being a part of his board for a church plant that they are starting in Clarksville, Tennessee later this year. We're so excited to be a part of that. And um, when we heard what God was doing, we said, man, we would love for you to come and share with the people of Believers Church. And then we wanna send them away resource to do what they're called to do. And so, um, man, and you're gonna to get to know him in just a second. I've heard his message twice. I can't wait to hear it three times and listen at every campus. Boardman, I wanna hear you clapping too. Can we make some serious noise for my friend, Pastor Brent Ely? Wow, such an honor to be here, everybody. I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away at, at your church and the faithfulness of your pastors. Um, such an incredible honor to be here. You know, 40 years, wow, that is something special. I mean, the, your pastors, uh, these, are, these are the heroes in, in, my, in my life because um, I, don't, I, I don't fall in love with people who uh, are, are you know, making it big and famous and, you know, and they're blowing up really fast. I, the, those people don't impress me. Um, the people that impress me are the people that have been faithful with what God has placed in their hands for 40 years. That's an incredible Incredible thing. Can we just honor your pastors and just give it up for them and what they've built here? So amazing. So, so absolutely incredible and uh, continue to be praying for Pastor Joe Sr. We're praying for you today and uh, hope for a speedy recovery. I know he's probably watching online. Well, my name is Brent, like Pastor Joe Jr. said, and uh, uh, I married the love of my life not too long ago. It feels like it was yesterday, but um, her name is Celeste, and we, we have a one-year-old, Bobby. I think they're gonna put a picture up on the screen. This is uh, my family, my beautiful family, who I miss so much. I can't wait to get back to them. Um, sadly, they're not here with us today because we have just recently moved to Clarksville, Tennessee to plant a church, and um, we just feel so honored that God would, would trust us with planting a church. And the crazy thing is that Clarksville has just recently been named the fastest-growing city in America, it's getting ready to pass up Chattanooga in population size. So it's gonna be the third largest city in Tennessee. And um, only 85% of, or sorry, 15% of our city attends a local church. So 85% of our city does not attend a local church. And I just believe in the local church. I believe in amazing churches like this one. In fact, I'm giving you permission today to go on a church appreciation tour. If you don't know what that is, that's where you go visit all the other churches in the area. And then you will come back here and you'll be like, wow, we are spoiled. We've got it amazing. Because I'm telling you what you have here at Believer's Church is something extremely special. And, uh, and so we, me and my wife, we just feel so honored 
And in fact, our team is actually watching today online. Um, our church is gathering today to, to watch this message. So they've joined in online. And so I'm just so excited to, to jump into your series on, on colors. And, and I really feel like God has placed a word on my heart specifically for you today. Now I got to preface it with this. I am what you call a hollerback preacher. Okay, that means that I'm gonna do about 80% of the talking. I need you to do the other 20%, okay? So if you wanna say amen, you wanna say that's good. You wanna nudge your neighbor and be like, are you listening? <laughs> you, know, you can do all of that during my message. I encourage it because I am a hollerback preacher. But today I wanna preach to you from the subject, white flag, white flag. Now I know there are probably some people you've been following Jesus for a long time. That title doesn't impress you and that's okay. I brought a backup title for the spiritually elite. Here's the backup title. The backup title is the call, the question, and the comeback. And I want to read out of the story of Moses in Exodus 3, starting in verse 1. I'll read to verse 8 and then jump to 10 out of the NIV. Let's read it together. It says this, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but it did not burn up. So he thought, I'll go over. I'm gonna check out what's going on over here. And when he saw and had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. And he says, Moses, Moses, Moses says, here I am. Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then go to verse seven. It says this, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Now you got to pause the story right here. If you're new to Believer's Church, you're new to the Bible, you're new to Jesus, that's okay. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version of this story. You have the Israelites who have been in slavery in Egypt. The Israelites have been known as God's people. And so God speaks to Moses about this subject. And he says, I've indeed seen the misery of, of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. Man, we could pause the story right here. We could preach a whole series on that one line. I have come down to rescue them. I don't know about you, but I am certainly thankful that God is in the business of coming down, that he doesn't require us to step up and climb the corporate ladder of Christianity, but he came down in the form of Jesus to rescue us. Come on, somebody, can I get a good amen? And so he says this, I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now let's pray before we dissect this text here. Jesus, we just love you so much. And God, I just pray that you would open every heart. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth, it would just be driven from the Holy Spirit and Lord, I don't know everyone's story in the room, but Lord, I know that you do. And so God, I pray that as I speak, you would just speak to every single person, their story, what's going on in their life. It's in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, everybody. Can I get a good amen? Amen. amen. Now, before I, I, I jump back into this text, I feel like since this is kind of my first time meeting most of you, that I feel like I should tell you a little bit about myself, okay? One fun fact about me is that I love movies, I love the experience of going to the movies. I love getting popcorn. I love getting a large Coke, an icy peanut M&Ms, a pretzel. 
I just realized how hungry I was. <laughs> Anyone else? It, you can't be talking about this at the 11 o'clock service because it's too close to lunch, right? I just love, I love the experience of going to the movies. In fact, my very first job was at a movie theater. And here's what was so amazing about this job. I got free popcorn anytime I wanted. Free drinks, free ices, free movies anytime I wanted. I could just walk up on my day off with 10 friends, tell my boss, hey, we wanna go see this movie. She'd be like, all right, sounds good. And we would just walk in, go see a movie for absolutely free. And on top of that, they paid me to work there. I mean, this was the greatest job of all time. I'm honestly really unsure now why I even quit this job because it was, the benefits were just amazing. You know, I'm just a movie lover. And you know, I, I, now I have a son and I don't get to enjoy movies like I used to. I don't really get to go to the movies. My son's one year, one years old and, and uh, I don't get to really, you know, sit down and watch a two and a half hour movie. Now I get to enjoy movies like every great director wanted you to enjoy them, which was in 15 minute increments at a time over the span of three months. That's how I watch movies these days. At this point, I'm not even sure if I've finished the movie Inception or if I just dreamt I did. I'm honestly not sure. That's, I've been watching it for months now. I don't get to enjoy movies, but you know one thing, just being a movie lover, one thing that I've noticed about movies and, and really just Hollywood in general, there's a formula to movies. You might not know this. There is a formula that Hollywood loves to use when they make a movie and they know if they stick to this formula, they're probably gonna make their money on this movie. And it could, it could not do that well. Rotten Tomatoes could give it a really bad score. But if they stick to this formula, most likely they will make their money back from the movie. Here's the formula. In all movies, you will see this. You will see a call. Now it's normally a call to action. Okay, there's, 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 there's something that, that the main character is, is being called to do. Then there's a question. It's normally the main character who's, who's questioning their intellect, their strength, their ability. Do they have what it takes to pull off the call? But then every great movie has a comeback comeback story where it looks like defeat is imminent at the last second, but somehow they pull it off. So there's a call and I'm not gonna spoil any movies, but I'll kind of give you some general guidelines. There's a call, there's a bad guy to defeat. Most of our superhero movies is, is based on this principle right here. There's a bad guy to defeat, that's the call. Or maybe there's a treasure to find, or maybe there's a mission to accomplish. There's a game to win. There's a person in need of rescuing. That's the call. Then there's the question. Do they have what it takes to defeat the bad guy? Do they have the intellect to solve the puzzles, follow the map and find the treasure? Can the team pull together and win the championship? There's a question. But then there's the comeback where they get injured and it looks like they're gonna suffer defeat but they somehow defeat their enemy at the last second. And they face setbacks and it looks like they're never gonna find the treasure, but they solve the puzzles, find the buried treasure. Or maybe it's there's seconds left on the clock. They don't even have the ball. They're down by two, but somebody steals the ball, grabs it, throws up the shot. And at the last second at the buzzer, it goes in. It's a comeback. And can I tell you this? Hollywood is not that creative because they've been following this formula for years. You just didn't notice it. Maybe I just really ruined every movie you've ever watched. Hopefully I didn't. And hopefully I didn't ruin movies after this. 
But Hollywood's not that creative. You know who they got this formula from? They got it from God. Because God has been using this formula to not only tell stories, but to develop people in their story. Let's look at Moses. Because Moses is in the midst of this this call, this question, and this comeback. And if you really look throughout all the Bible, there's a major theme that you could really take from not just Moses' story, but from every story. See, the Bible's, it's not just, it's not just an action, it's not an action film, it's not a comedy, it's not a drama. It is some of those things. It does have action, it does have drama, and it can be very uh, comedic at times. In fact, you should go read your Bible. It's good for you, okay? But the Bible is a documentary. And so when we're reading this story, it's not some fictional thing Hollywood made up. This is a story that actually happened and God's in it. And there's one major theme you need to understand from Moses' story and all of the Bible. And when it comes to your story, it's that God can be trusted. God can be trusted. So let's do this. Let's break down the call. Let's break down the question and the comeback because I think no matter where you're at today, you're in the midst of your story and you might be in one of these zones. And I wanna show you how God actually uses people in the midst of their story. So let's talk about the call. Number one is the call. And there's always an action item for God and there's an action item for you. The action item for God is that God finds a person. And so in the story of Moses, we see in Exodus 3 verse 10, it says this, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. That's the call. He's saying, Moses, go bring my people out. That's the call. Now, Celeste and I were traveling recently with our son, Bobby. It was the first time we ever stayed at a hotel with our, with our newborn son. Now, if you've got little kids, you probably know that, that most people like to s- uh, stick to a routine. You know, our son goes to bed about eight o'clock every night, but I don't go to bed at eight o'clock every night. So we're in this hotel, we put him down, he goes to bed. And now I'm like, what are we gonna do? Like, what? We can't watch TV. We can barely whisper to each other. He starts like, you know, getting restless. He starts waking up. And so we had ordered pizza and we're kind of finishing up dinner. It's just silent in the room. And so I walk over to grab some pizza. Now, here's how I know that I'm getting old is because I started walking and I realized that I think it's my big toe, like cracks every time I take a step. If we put the mic down here on my, on my shoe, you would literally hear it just like, it's like a clicking noise almost, you know? And so every time I took a step, it was like a click, click, click. And my son is getting restless. He's like starting to wake up and Celeste's like, babe, stop, stop. What are you doing? I start, I'm not joking. I had to start walking around the hotel like this. I just was, I was doing this on my heels because there was no way I was going to wake up. I mean, you know, if you got a little one, you do not wake up my kids. I will fight somebody who wakes up my kids, you know, like that. It's just not happening. And so I'm walking around like this. And you know what? I realized something. When there's a call, when there's an assignment, you will walk different. You will talk different. You will look different. When you feel a call from God on your life, maybe you feel called to serve the local church and you sat at the 9 a.m. so that you could actually serve during this service. When there's a call, you will walk different. You will look different. When you feel like you're called to reach the people that you work with in your business, in your whatever sphere of influence, that you're in, when you feel called to do that, you don't walk into work like everybody else. You start walking into work and you're like, all right, Lord, who needs prayer today? All right, Lord, who can I encourage today? All right, Lord, who do I need to invite to church today? When there's a call, you walk different. But here's what I found out. Most people don't know that there's a call. Most people don't know that God has called them to something. 
And so I brought 10 things that I believe God has called you to. There's plenty more, but I thought 10, I better cap it. So here's 10 things that God has called you to. I'm gonna go through these rather quickly. Number one, he's called you out of darkness. Number two, he's called you to a relationship with Jesus. Number three, he's called you to shame the wise and the strong. Number four, he's called you to live in grace. Number five, he's called you to holiness. Number six, he's called you to run your race. Number seven, he's called you to win the prize. Number eight, he's called you to liberty. Number nine, he's called you to live in peace. And number 10, he's called you to be in community with other believers. But so many people did not realize today that there was a call from God on their life. You know, I had a, a, a pastor friend and he had to change his phone number for whatever reason, got a new phone. And for, for whatever, whatever reason, he had to change his number. And he had somebody that um, was, they were watching online. They weren't in his city, but they were, you know, distant members of the church. And they were trying to send him, I think it was like $10,000 worth of Bitcoin at the time. And this was when Bitcoin was taken off. Okay, don't email me about Bitcoin. I don't want to hear it. Okay, but this was just, this, I'm just telling you the story. And so he was trying to give him this big donation of Bitcoin. Just wanted to bless his pastor with this. So he's calling him, calling him, calling him. No pick up because he had changed his number. And, and this pastor had no idea someone was trying to bless him with so much money. Why? Because he just didn't know there was a call. The number had been changed. Had no idea that there was a call for him. Romans 8. 28 says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been, here it is, called according to, I want you to look at this word right here, his purpose. See, there's a white flag moment, no matter where you're at in your story. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, give up to go up. I think it preaches pretty good. And I think it applies when it comes to our story, because in every single one of these phases of our story, I see something that you have to give up in order to move on in your story. So there's a white flag moment. We would typically see a white flag at the end of uh, maybe an old war movie and, and, and it looks like the enemy is gonna get wiped out and the very few last remaining people, they finally just say, okay, we don't wanna die. We're gonna surrender. We're gonna wave the white flag. So here's the white flag when it comes to your call. You have to surrender your purpose. Now you might be thinking, wait a second, Pastor Brent, I thought we were supposed to discover our purpose. Hear me out. If your purpose only has to do with you, it's not your purpose. I think that you have to surrender your purpose to ultimately find God's purpose for your life because you thought your purpose was, I need to get the car. I need to get the house on the hill. I need to have the money in my bank account. I, 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 me, 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 more stuff. That is not your purpose. It's definitely not God's purpose for your life. God wants to use you. And let me tell you, he wants to bless you with those things, but he wants to use you in his story. And he wants to use you in other people's story along the way. So you have to surrender your purpose. Number two is this, it's the question. And in this phase of the story, God is just persistent. Look at Exodus 3, 11. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? See, Moses starts to doubt himself. And I don't know if you've ever been in this zone of life where you just start to doubt yourself. God, you're calling me to start this business at my age? Wait, God, you're calling me to start my family right now after the diagnosis that we just received? God, you're calling, you're calling me to do what? And you just start questioning, God, me? 
This was us as a, as, as a church planner. I'm like, I am super unqualified for this, God. You want us to plant a church? Me? Moses starts to doubt himself and I love what God does. He just replaces our me with his eye. He doesn't even really address it. He just kind of says in this Exodus 3.12, he says, I'll be with you. I'm going to be there. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even address Moses saying, well, what about me and not being really qualified and I've got this stuttering problem and, 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 and you know, I'm not that, that great of a leader. It feels like, I don't know if I could really do this. And he just says, I'll be there. I'll be along with you in your story. See, you can forget who you are, but you better remember who God is. It's okay to have a moment where you say, I'm not sure if I can pull this off, God. It's okay to have a moment where you're like, Lord, I don't know how you're gonna do this, but I know I can't do this. It's okay to forget who you are from time to time, but you better remember who your God is, that he is willing and able and he wants to work in your life. Now here's your white flag moment when it comes to the question. Your white flag moment is that you must surrender your plan. Because so many times, you know what I've seen? is that God doesn't play it out the way you think it's gonna play out. And God's timing is, is always the best timing. So when you're questioning God, you're in these moments, just questioning God. You gotta allow God's word to guide your path. When you're questioning God's plan, allow God's word to guide your path. Because the Bible says in Psalms 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light unto my path. You know what I've, I've seen God do just from following Jesus for so many years now? I've seen that a lot of times God will show you the peak of the mountain, but he won't necessarily show you the path. He'll just light up the next step. That's why it says your word is a lamp unto my feet. And it lights up my path, but there's a next step for me. Maybe you're thinking, how am I going to get all the way up there to that mountaintop? Just continue to allow God's word to be the guiding factor in your life. I think there are 10 different ways that God speaks to us. The number one way is through his word. So when you're questioning, when you're doubting, when you have these moments, the human experience, and there's this weakness that comes in, stick to God's word. Can I get a good amen, somebody? Amen. Number three, I promise you I'm landing the plane, is the comeback. Now, God's action item is in this is that God brings the power. Look at Exodus 3, verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. Now, I got to break this down for you because the first time I read this, I was so confused. Because here we have God telling Moses, the call for your life is to go and bring my people out of slavery. And he says, here's the proof that you're gonna actually be able to pull this off. Now, if I'm Moses, I'm like, oh, this is about to be good. He's about to say, I'm gonna send 10,000 angels on your right and left. You know, I'm thinking, he, I'm gonna call fire down from heaven. I'm gonna perform the, you know, and just do all of these crazy things. I'm thinking that's gonna be the sign that I'm gonna make it, that we're not all gonna die in the midst of our story. He says, here's the sign. You're gonna come back to this mountain. I read that, I was like, God, that's not that convincing. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna need a little more than that. 
If I'm Moses. And I remember I started praying. I was so, I was so confused. And I, and I said, God, how was this a good sign? You know what God said? He said, Brent, you don't understand. I stand outside of time. I've seen the beginning and I've seen the end. And so when he was speaking this to Moses, you know what he was saying? He was saying, I've already played this story out and I know how it ends. And you're gonna, you're gonna go from this place, but you're gonna come back to this place. See, for, for us, it might be that we're just now stepping into this story, but God's already seen the whole thing. God could be like the director on a movie. He knows. He knows how this movie's gonna end. He's calling shots in the middle of it. You might've just turned the page and you're starting a new chapter and you're confused because you've just read the first line. God's already finished the book. And here's the thing, he not only finished it, he flipped it over, signed his name on the, on the, on the inside of it. Why? Because he's the author of our story. He's the director in the midst of this. He's calling out shots. And so you might be questioning, how are you gonna turn this around, God? He's, I've already seen it play out. You know, Celeste and I, we started praying when we were on staff at, at Dayton Living Word. And we just were like, God, what, what, what's the next phase of our life? And we, you know, we always were wanting to be open to the Holy Spirit. And, and there were two things that we felt like God had called us to do. One, we felt like God was calling us to start our family. And then two, we felt like God was calling us to plant a church. And so we immediately start trying to have our, our, our family, start our family. And, and I remember that it took us so long to get pregnant. And in the midst of it, if I'm being honest with you, if I could just be transparent with you, because I'm going to go home after this, so it, it doesn't matter if you judge me in the middle of this right here. So I'm going to be transparent. I was questioning God. And I was saying, God, I thought you called us to start our family. Why is this taking so long? You told us to do this. And I remember that there was a moment that finally happened where we got pregnant. And man, we were so excited. We were just so full of joy. We we're like, oh, God's so faithful. He loves a comeback story and this is it. And then I remember that God was calling us to, to plant a church and so, we were in the midst of 21 days of, of, of praying and fasting. And I remember God saying, I'm calling you to the state of Tennessee. And that's all he said. And so we decided, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go visit different cities in Tennessee. We're gonna walk the streets. We're gonna pray and we're gonna feel, and we're just gonna listen to the Holy Spirit. Feel which place feels like home. Because a lot of the times when you're called to a specific location, God will give you a burden for the people there. And I know your pastors have a burden for this city. That there are a few empty seats here and I know that it burdens them because there are people outside of this building who do not know Jesus, who need to be here on a Sunday, who need to be wrapped in community. And so God will give you a burden. And so we've just started going and trying to figure out what city feels like home? What city are we called to? And so we left on this trip and we're, we're just recently had found out that we're pregnant and I'm, I'm not making this up that we cross over from Kentucky to Tennessee. And within 30 minutes, we're at a hospital. And what felt like five minutes went by was actually more like five hours. And the doctor is coming in saying, I'm so sorry, you've lost the pregnancy. 
You talk about questioning God. I never questioned him so much. I said, God, wait. No. You called us to this. You called us to start our family. You called us to this state. And I remember through tears, they finally release us and we get out in the car and we literally just hold each other in the car and we're crying. And I remember I said this, this phrase, and I'm not proud of it, but I said, how are we going to come back to this state? How are we going to come back to the state of Tennessee? If this is the kind of attack that is going to be on our life, how are we ever going to come back here and plant a church? And it was a moment of weakness for me. But you know what I found from just staying so connected to God's word is that God loves a comeback story. You know, I know this, look at Romans 8, 28 in the Amplified Version. I think it, it just spells this out so beautifully. It says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for the good, those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. God loves a comeback story. Now here's the white flag moment in the midst of your comeback. You got to surrender your pride because it's not going to be you and your strength and your intellect that actually pulls off what God has called you to do. In fact, I would argue with you that if you can pull it off in your own strength, it is not a big enough call on your life. That God is probably calling you to something bigger. And so it's not going to be you. It's not going to be your strength. It's going to be God's grace and his Holy Spirit and just the boldness and strength that comes along with that that is going to be able to walk you through what God's called you to do. And I know that there are probably some people in here, I promise I'm wrapping up right now. I know that there are probably some people in here that you feel called to something, but you've questioned it. How, God? How am I going to start this business? How am I going to turn my family around after the way that I've treated them? How can I even serve on a Sunday when my schedule is so packed the way it is? You're called. You're called to something. You've questioned it. Today, maybe your comeback moment is just a moment where you just come back to a relationship with Jesus. You might have not known that Jesus loves you so much, that he cares about you, that he's working in your story right now and you can't see it. He's behind the scenes and he's directing every shot. The enemy might come in, he might try to knock you down. God's just, okay, we're gonna, let's move this over here. Let's move the lighting. Let's move the camera. We're gonna, we're gonna pivot really quick because I know how this story is going to end. So maybe your moment today, maybe your comeback, just a moment to come back to the, to the arms of Jesus. So I want to do this. I want to just ask you to just bow your head and close your eyes, not out of religious tradition, really just out of respect for one another because I want to pray. I want us to pray together and I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I know that there are some people in the room, maybe today, 
You need to accept the call that's on your life to just have a relationship with Jesus. God has been calling you. He's been waking you up in the middle of the night. He's been popping up on your feed. You just know God's calling me to a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, I just, I'm gonna ask that we would all pray this out loud together. Cause I know there are probably gonna be a few people in the room, but I want us to all pray this out loud together. If you would, would you say this? Would you say, Jesus, I love you. And today I give my life to you. I repent from my sin. I turn the other way and I choose to follow you. Lord, come into my life. Make me whole again. And from this day forward, guide my story. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.